Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. What's up? Greetings, Earthling. What up, what up, what up? It's in the demographic I identify They're connected to our president. I think an ignorant voter and a non-voter are one in the same. Who does that? Under, Under his watch. His watch. What know has something, he done bro. about police reform in this country? Nothing. Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to Unsolicited Genius. I am your curator, Carlton Ennis, and I'm with that man that can get any kick that you need, Mo Lofty. On today's show, we will talk about woke culture, how Christmas is gremlins, and those books that shift the perspective on how we perceive life. We hope to give you something to ponder. What up, what up, Mo? What's going on? Chilling, Carlton. Chilling, man. Just got off work. Just had a good day, man. Happy to be here with you, my brother. How are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Had a good Thanksgiving. Ate good, laughed good. Did a little bit of singing. So uh, lots happened, though, since last week. So what's on your mind? Well, you know, I agree with you, man. Thanksgiving was live with the family, you know, ate good. But, you know, like, just to make things perfectly clear, like, no one here is celebrating, like, the pilgrims and shit. Like, we're just celebrating each other right, <laughs> and our right, fellowship right. and our people and being together. So whatever that, whatever you want to call that is, that's what we're celebrating. What's a, like, I don't know, man, a lot's going on, like, sports, you know, sports live right now, a lot's going on with politics. Still got the Senate runoff here in Georgia, so. Yeah, so early election, early voting for the runoff started today or last week? Started Saturday. Saturday, okay, okay, yeah. I've seen a few reports, long lines, people out there trying to get it. Anything to report with your feet from the streets? I mean, I haven't had a chance to get out there and vote yet. I'll probably actually go during during election day on the runoff day here on Tuesday. Not this Tuesday, but the following Tuesday. Last time I went in to vote, man, I had no issues at all. Was really, to be honest with you, Carlton, right in and out within five minutes. You're not an early voter? I'm not opposed to early voting, but just procrastination sometimes works. Oh, life. okay, okay. <laughs> well, I, I ask, you know, ain't no judgment. I, I mm -hmm. early vote because I'm not you know, standing in lines, that's not my jam no more. But I know a lot, several people who are excited for the election day energy. So I didn't know if that was your scenario or not. No, I'm not excited for the election day. I'm not trying to get into it with no one in line or something like that. True that, true that, true that. All right, well, in sticking with the political theme, you know, there's, there's plenty that we could talk about. There's been more shootings. There's more misinformation in the media. Kanye's still out there. Donald's still out there. But rather than, you know, be topic specific, there's a word that kind of keeps coming up in all of the reports, all of these subjects, all of these situations. And that is woke. Let the media tell it. They say, that, you know, they talk about a woke mob, a woke mafia, a woke police. But I really wanted to take time to break down from our vantage point what it means beyond what it's being reported to be. Because included in today's vernacular of what woke is, 
is actually a significant word in the Black culture that with how it's used today also represents some cultural appropriation. So before I kind of jump in on my soapbox, you have any initial thoughts about woke and how it is used, was used, or is being weaponized? Well, I think I think you nailed it on the head with the word weaponized. Did you hear that this that DeSantis speech where he just repeat he he must have, he had to have used the word woke like I don't know like 25, 30, 35 times, something to that effect. Like I agree with you, it's just been weaponized, Carlton. When he says woke, you know what he's really talking about? He's talking about black people. He's talking about gay people. He's talking about Hispanics. He's talking about any people that are talking about equality in this country. And he's using that like as a weapon to, to basically rally his, his, his voters and, and rail against things like critical race theory. And, and that is, that is essentially what they, they're, they're masters of propaganda, Carlton. Like you have to give them credit for that. Like the Republican party are the masters of propaganda. Examples, liberal, they've turned the word liberal into a, hor a horrific word. Oh, it's a cuss <laughs> word. Oh yeah. It's a cuss uh, word. You liberal? Socialism, <laughs> oh my God. Socialism is, oh, don't dare sp speak that word. Dare. They roll with anti-Semitic people, but they've turned anti-Semitism into, you can't even say anything about Jewish people without the fear of like being completely just destroyed in the media. Like Carlton, just real quick off topic. Trump sits down with Kanye and a guy that is a known anti-Semitist. That openly calls it. black people the N-word. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And this is a guy that's running for president. That was a former president. And I'm not, I'm not here to, to defend like resending the link. I'm not even sure Kyrie saw the, the movie that he sent the link to. He might've seen bits and pieces that he liked. But regardless, he comes out, he apologizes. They make him grovel, like, and beg and plead and put these monumental restrictions on him in order for him to resume his career. <laughs> Meanwhile, a guy that was president and is now going to run for president again, he, he gets to dine with a guy that's an open anti-Semitist. And no one has a problem with this. No one's talking about canceling him. Uh, no one's ladies. talking about making him apologize like the the hypocrisy it's not it's not that i'm like kyrie made a mistake but mm -hmm. in in posting this link but let, let's be honest carlton he posts a link to a video which he has every right to do he does which he has every right to do and and people are upset about the link and i get that you know there's no room for any kind of hate or any type of video that's talking about the Holocaust is not real. Like, I, I get that. But there is room for other ideas that are in that video that some people definitely seem to agree with. So you have this, this vitriol for, for Kyrie, but the link takes you to Amazon. 
Amazon is selling the video and profiting off the video and making money off the video, but there's no, there's no one calling for, because no one wants to lose Amazon Prime. The package is there the next day. It's tough, man. It's integrated no, into our no system. No one wants to lose dude. that. It's integrated so no into the system. Amazon, but, but let's bury Kyrie. And, yeah. and Carlton. He's not integrated into the system, I guess. You, you know this like like more than anyone you know i'm no fan of Kyrie. i'm no fan of Kyrie, but i might have heard that a time or two. situation because i feel like he's been unfairly treated for for his for his actions yeah yeah i you know i actually we talked about him a couple episodes ago a couple shows ago and i last one i issued and i retracted a statement just because i don't agree with Kyrie. I don't believe he, at least in this instant, deserved any semblance of what, you know, the overall punishment was. And, you know, he has a right to express himself. And with, you know, we do it here, he does it there, others do it at all these other places. So, you know, far be it for me to begrudge somebody that agree, disagree, but, you know, you you speak to the the lack of integrity that exists in our systems and our culture because hypocrisy. things aren't, a, aren't applied equally yeah hypocrisy is the word and then <laughs> and then you know what really irks me like yeah. as well carlton is no one no one really believe no one believes Kyrie's anti-semitic you know who else doesn't believe he's anti-semitic the owner of the Brooklyn Nets, Joe Tassi, the, the commissioner of the NBA, David Stern. Nobody believes he's anti-Semitic. Yep. But we, we have guys that are running for president and God, God knows what the hell Kanye is doing. Dining with an open anti-Semitist and it's just like, whatever. Well, you know, let's let's stay let's stay off topic for a second because you and I had a off camera discussion a couple sorry, weeks we, ago. Sorry, I did take and, you off topic. I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. It's it's a free flowing. And you, we talked about who we thought Kanye was doing it for, right? Is he that you had a perspective? He was doing it to to impress the elite, the powers that be. And and I didn't I don't necessarily see it that way. I think having dinner with Trump and a I guess a supremacist, for lack of any other description, I got a white supremacist. It it it's it's still I and I think it may support your theory even further. But I you know I still kind of view Kanye as somebody who who needs help. He has ideas good, bad, in between, but I think the behavior of those ideas, the way he's going about his day-to-day, -day, I think he needs some help. Any, any, anybody, man, you know, I, I, I have no respect for Kanye West, but anybody that's out there, you see, that's the other thing I don't like about the situation with Kyrie is somehow he's got mixed up with Kanye when I feel it's, right. it's like apples and oranges. I don't understand why. And it's like Chappelle said, you know, Kanye got in so much trouble, Kyrie got in trouble. Like, because <laughs> right. they associated together when I feel it's two completely different things. 
right. two completely different things. So anyone that's out here to me talking about Kanye's playing chess, man, fuck that for lack of a better term. Kanye's out here cooning. I don't, Kanye's out here, Kanye's out here just like Donald Trump for self. Kanye's not out here for anybody but himself. It's about him. It's about his narcissistic ego. And I have no words, man, because when Kanye first came out, Carlton, I loved Kanye West. Like Kanye, like was my guy, but it's just amazing. Like the complete, like what I would consider to be a change in him. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. So bring it back to what got us there. You talked about seeing DeSantis's speech and that's what actually prompted me to, you know, explore and dig a little deeper because he said it so much. He said it so harshly and what woke meant for me, I felt like he was just destroying, annihilating it because he would say stop woke. And so woke for him is actually attached to a, a bill that he has created, submitted, and I think it's been pushed back or being modified. But needless to say, woke is an acronym for wrongs to our kids and employees. So when you hear him say stop woke, he's saying stop wrongs to our kids and employees, which what he's wanting to do is prohibit teaching that you know could could bear personal response that the kids or the students may feel like they should bear personal responsibility for any historic wrongs race done by based on race color sex or national origin stopping business from using diversity practices trainings etc so i think in the legal realm there's some pushback on what he's proposing but specifically, he has created a stop woke movement. And so before you comment that the, the reason that the added reason that that's problematic is not will come to what the, the cultural appropriation of woke, but the people who woke represents in modern vernacular, modern culture are those who are aware of act uh, aware of and actively attentive to facts stats ideas that highlight racial social socioeconomic injustices so the people who want the police officers to do better are woke the people who want better rights for lgbtq are woke the people who call out racism are woke. And so it, it in and of itself is not a bad thing, but woke also morphs into the cancel culture. So, you know, everything exists at extremes on the spectrum. So woke today is for justice, stop for justice, stop injustice. But the extreme versions of that you've talked about Chappelle bubble up in cancel culture. So you got people who say stop woke because they want to get rid of cancel culture. You got DeSantis say stop woke because he don't want the kids being taught the truth. And then you got all kinds of stuff mixed in between, which 
at its core ain't even what woke was anyway. I'll stop there. What are your thoughts? I mean, I think you I think you said it very eloquently. It, it's like you said, that's I completely agree with the part where you're like they're using it as a weapon to target people that are basically fighting for equality in a country where there's many inequalities. So it's a tool to keep people down. He's rallying people around that concept. When he he because when he's saying woke, he is talking about black people. He's talking about gay people. He's talking about, like, he's talking about, like, he's talking about don't teach the truth in school so our kids don't feel guilty. It's the truth. What else are you supposed to teach? What else are you supposed to teach other than the truth? It, your kids shouldn't feel guilty because they're not the ones that have done it. The goal here is for them to learn from those past mistakes and everyone to treat each other with respect and equality in society. The only way to do that is to teach how it was horribly messed up back then. It's just that simple. So the, the thing with DeSantis Carlton is DeSantis is a dangerous man. He's a much more dangerous man to me than Trump as a presidential candidate, because if he wins, he has shown an ability, especially in Florida, to get legislation that he wants that he wants passed and it's in my opinion dangerous legislation you know he's turned our beloved florida basically into like mississippi like florida's like mississippi now. so DeSantis, in my opinion is a dangerous man and if he ever became president i would have grave concerns well he running he is running Hey man, but on on a complete side note to that, and you're absolutely right, the Republican primaries are going to be spectacular, Carlton. We got Trump, we got DeSantis. That's going to be. We got to. We got to oh have a watch party. God. We got to have a watch party. Wait, we got to have a watch party. This is what I'm telling you. Like unsolicited genius watch party. Are be so boring. boring. The Republican Boo. primaries are going to be. Where get your popcorn ready, get your pom poms, get your popcorn ready, get your sharpie because it's gonna be wild. It's gonna be wild. I can't wait. (laughs) All right, so you talked about teaching, right? So let's take a moment to speak to what woke was because I, I got a question for you that I come to in a little bit. But woke is related to awake. At one point in time, historically black culture, it was be woke, be awake, be alert, understand what's happening in the spaces around you, understand the politics of the game, understand in the places and spaces where your race, ethnicity isn't welcome. Socially, politically, all those things be woke, right? Know what's going on. Over time, it morphed into a term that was applied to somebody who exhibited more self-awareness, who exhibited attention to their consciousness, who realized that life as our culture, as our society dictated, didn't doesn't have to exist that way. So you meet a dude, you meet a lady, they drop some knowledge bombs on you, give you some food for thought, some perspective you hadn't considered before. You walk away from the discussion saying, man, that brother woke or that sister woke because they recognize a difference. Often, if you think for me, the matrix, right? You unplug 
you're awake. Not that you see everything as lavish, lush prairies and, and, and those things, but you're awake, you see things as they exist and realize there's a better place and space for you to get to. So that's what it used to mean. We talked about the weaponization of it and the misrepresentation and the weaponization of it. So my question is a, a struggle point for me is when we talk about the cultural appropriation of it, do we release it, just let it be misused and abused, or is there some effort or means of maintaining the trueness of where it was sourced? I pose that to you. I mean, I, this is the problem to me though, when you just put labels on anything that's just true. Like, like you said, it's based on fact. It's based on statistics. It's based on observations that are just clearly evident around you that are like, it's just truth. So when you label it as whatever Carlton, like woke, for example, it can be used in a negative manner. I'll give you, let me give you something that's a, a benefit to millions of Americans that has a negative label on it. You ready? I'm ready. Obamacare. Oh, you called it. You called it. Because you, you put it. a label on it, it was able to be used in a negative manner. Because when you say Obamacare, who, who uses that term in a positive light? Not many. The ones who understand what it is refer to it as the Affordable Care Act. The Affordable Health Care Act. Like, yeah. Exactly. So, Doc, now the same thing is happening in the woke. It's just been weaponized, like you said, in a negative manner now and will continue to be used in a negative manner. And, and it's, it does a disservice to what is just, at the end of the day, just the truth, the actual facts of the matter. Where there yeah. are people in this country that are, are facing inequalities, that they're there is educational inequalities depending on what district or county you live in that can help that could determine whether or not you have a chance to go to college one day and be successful in this society or whether you're on the street like that's just a fact so that'll never change unless we confront that but if we start calling the truth something like woke and people use it in a negative light like we're all, it always feels like we're hustling backwards. Yeah, that, that, I guess that takes me to fake news, right? Because if you don't like what you hear, don't like or agree with what's being reported, you label it with, as something with such a negative connotation that it just becomes easy to dismiss. Oh, that's fake news, fake news, fake news. Is it though? And so, you know, the cancel, the, 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 what is it? Stop woke, don't let the woke mob take over. It, it, you're right, they, they created a label, mislabel, right? It's not even an accurate label, but they mislabel something, got enough people gavelrinds the misconception of it and are using it to, manipulate 
truth. I mean, the problem's also just in social media. Like, so you you want to believe something so bad that you refuse to be confronted with anything that's factual or that's realistic in the realm of reality. So what you do, Carlton, is you go to Twitter and you go to your little corner of Twitter where every asshole thinks exactly like you and they're gassing you up to believe. Like, isn't that what, like, when Trump was on Twitter, that was the perfect example of that. Trump would retreat to Twitter to go to his people because no matter what he put out there, they supported him. Yep. They gassed him up. They they yep. big up his ego. They fed into his narcissism. And that's what social media allows you to do. It it allow like if you're a weirdo, you could find other weirdos. If you're a creep, you could find other creeps. If you're like an asshole, you could find other assholes. If you're a psycho like Trump, you could find people that would be like, yeah. Like I'll give you another example. Like Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown does nothing but do like asshole things, but there's people on the internet that are like, yeah. He's we with you, Antonio. Show, yeah, show him, Antonio. Show him, <laughs> Antonio. That's it. That's it. So the internet and social media in particular allows you to just retreat to, to corners of the world where people just think like you and, and embolden, embolden your thoughts and close so, you off to any other kind of like thinking. So in other words, what I hear you saying is the people need to stay woke. And on that, we'll take a break and be right back. Welcome back to Unsolicited Genius. What in the sports, Uncle Mo? So before we get into this weekend's activities, yes, I'm sad. We'll come back to it. We got your boy Jerry Joe on film, on footage. Long time ago, <laughs> granted, long time ago, 1957, but he was a, a teenager in Little Rock, Arkansas, where some black kids were going to school for the first time and their potential classmates didn't want them there. Clearly in the picture, there were some antagonists that were directly in the face of the black students. But Jerry Jones was off in the cut getting his look-see on. According to him, he was on his way to class, the mob, the crowd was there. So he was just curious and he was just making his way on by. Read the internet's different perspectives about all of it. What say you? Jerry Jones was, how old, how old did he say he was in the picture? 14? 15, 15, 15, 14, 15. I think they settled on 15. How old is 15, Carlton? That's what I'll say. <laughs> That's <you>. your question. <laughs> how old is all right. 15? Well, for me, 15 was old, man. You know, this ain't that kind of show. So I ain't, this ain't no reveal show. So I'm not going to talk about what 15 was. But 15 was super grown for me. Can you show me 
back to hypocrisy, right? Can you show me 15-year-old black kids that they've tried as adults for the crimes that they've committed as kid as 15-year-old? I, I could. I could. So forgive me if I don't excuse his behavior when he's 15 years old. You know, he might have been there, and like he said, he might have been curious. You know what he wasn't doing? He wasn't helping escort the black kids into the school. Fair. Fair. And it's not hard to believe that Jerry Jones had the same thought process as the antagonists that were in front of the kids. He just was unfortunate enough to be at the back of the line. So I don't know what Jerry Jones's intentions were being there. I know it's not a good look. No, it's not a good look. It's not a good look. You know, and you got to get when you got a red circle over your picture floating around the internet. That is that is not the look that I think you want to go for. And, you know, is it hard to believe that Jerry Jones was a racist at 15 years old in Arkansas? You tell me. Hell no, it's not hard to believe. Do people change? Can people grow? Can people yes. through yes. education and like, you know, through interaction with yes. another race grow to yes, be something can. better than what they were as a child? Yeah, I do. I do believe that. So. I'm not, I'm not saying that Jerry Jones is a racist now. What I'm telling you is it sure looked like he was a racist back then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, I, you know me, I want to give everybody the benefit of the doubt till there's nothing to give anymore. That being said, you know, if he said he was walking by, say he was going to class, okay, I give you that. But what I see is we know of from which he came. We know his environment. We know the, the, the community that he existed in. So when questions are asked, flags are raised, you know, rumors kind of bubble up from the league about Jerry's preferences, who he gets along with, and what they look like. You know, this tells you that this picture tells me that maybe it's sourced somewhere, but like you, anybody can change. There's plenty of people who know, love Jerry Jones, fans, former athletes, former colleagues, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I think for me, when you have history, when you know history, you can't hide from it. So we know where you're from. Show us where you at today, because in in these discussions about his picture, there's been perspective that also has said that, you know, the the black coach dynamic, the black executive dynamic in the NFL would could change overnight if Jerry Jones decided to be the leader of that cause. He has that level of influence amongst the NFL and its owners. The, and the other thing that like happens now when you see a picture like this is, you know, Jerry Jones was very outspoken about his players will never take a knee during the national anthem. The Dallas Cowboys will always stand for the anthem and very against taking the knee. So, you know, you start like seeing that picture, you see his stance against taking a knee against the anthem, and you do start to like question things, obviously. But like you said, 
he has had plenty of interactions with African-American players who do seem to adore and love them some Jerry Jones. But, you know, definitely, in my opinion, 15 years old, Jerry Jones looked like he's pretty damn racist to be. <laughs> so <laughs> that's just how I feel. I can't speak to what the man is now. The other shocking thing to me about the picture is I didn't realize he's ne- he hasn't always looked the way he does now, even at 15 years old. I couldn't believe he actually looked young. I thought he's been like this his whole life. Because yeah, he's yeah, looked yeah. like this for the last 40 years, Carlton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, I, you know, somebody, maybe you, somebody else, recognized him when it first kind of hovered in our one of our feeds. I didn't see him. You know, so to tell me it's him, I believe it, but even when I look at it today, I'm like, dang, my how we evolve. <laughs> All right, so we'll leave that at that. You know, Jerry Jones, get woke, stay woke, show us what you got. All right, you the sports expert. I know you itching with a lot of sports. College football rivalry weekend. Elves getting super hot. Shout out to Josh Jacobs for that that them fantasy points. But it's not going what good else? right World, now. For you. World Cup, it's a the lot. World Cup has been super live. Yeah, so you know, I dealer's choice. Where you want to start? The World Cup's been super live, man. Shout out Gal and Ghana. They put both put on shows represented for Africa. Brazil's looking good. Portugal's looking good. America tomorrow, one o'clock against Iran. They have to win to advance. Like, we're going to see if they... they Because they got two draws, right? But they have two draws, no wins, no losses. Two draws. They have to beat Iran tomorrow in order to advance. What uh, If they win, they're in. What's their odds? I mean... Your perspective, not the official odds. What's, how, how do you think U.S. is going to do? I just hope... I, I, I do believe they have a chance to win the game. If they play the way they played against England, they, they will win the game. The problem here, Carlton, is are they going to choke under the, the enormity of the pressure of this situation? Because it's, it, they, they can't draw here. They have to win. They have to go get the goal, which is going to force them to be aggressive. And in being aggressive, are they going to be disciplined enough to be ready for the counter? Because, you know, that's soccer. You come up, you risk them hitting you on the counter. How disciplined are you going to be when they when they try to hit you on the counter? So it'll be fascinating. I wish I didn't have to be at work. I would love to watch the game. I would love to watch it. So let me ask you this. U.S. clearly, but you, you, you watch cheer, I'm assuming, for U.S., but you watch most of the games as you can, as many as you can. So if the U.S. isn't in it, being that this is the World Cup, not the different soccer leagues, who will you be watching or will you just be watching soccer? I mean, I, I'm, I, I, I just love soccer. I mean, I'm not watching the World Cup, to be honest with you, because of the U.S., because I'm watching it because as a soccer fan, I like to see the highest class players of soccer and you know, unfortunately, that's not here in America. So teams that I enjoy watching, you know, of course, I'm cheering for the teams from Africa, Senegal, Ghana. You know, France is basically a team from Africa because all of their players appear to be Black 
but you know they're just African players that were born in France, so they play for them. So I enjoy watching France. I love watching Brazil play. Yeah, Portugal has a good team, man. There's a lot of te- there's a lot of countries with good teams. It's it's been a great World Cup because of all the upsets. So I can't wait for this round to be over and we go to the knockout stages where the pressure just ratchets it up. Okay. All right. So let's talk rivalry weekend. I Gators loss, not totally unexpected. Don't like it. Gators um, versus Seminoles is an irrelevant rivalry on rivalry weekend currently. Yeah, to the world, but we still, I still care because I, you know, Florida, me and Florida State don't get along well. Um, I mean, yeah. Michigan pulled it out. I, I expected a tough game. Didn't necessarily anticipate a particular score. But if somebody was going to score a lot of points, go up by a lot of points, I would have picked Ohio State. So I was I was impressed with Michigan's performance. Oh, thoroughly impressed with Michigan. Michigan, man, there's nothing better than when your rivalry game comes and it's like your team is two, their team is three. Everything yeah. is on the line. Undefeated, and eleven and zero. Woo. Both teams, Woo. and you walk into their house, and you smack them in in the face, like just you know, like Carlton. The way they ended the game with those two long runs—that's a beautiful thing, man. That is a beautiful thing. The game, the guy, the game was great. The game was close. It, people forget that the game was close in the fourth quarter. It just Michigan. It was the overall effect of wearing them down the first three quarters, and then when they needed it in the fourth, Ohio State had nothing left in the tank, and Michigan just nothing in the tank. Out Michigan ran slap. Old school, right down your throat. You can't stop this. And they couldn't. And they couldn't. Nope. There was nothing cute about it, Carlton. This is, we're just physically superior to you, and, and you're exhausted. So that was a beautiful game by Michigan. Again, and Georgia are in, no matter what happens. If they lose, they're still both in. The question here becomes, yeah. Yeah. who's going to get in between, to me, if TCU wins, they're in because they're undefeated. They're yes. definitely in. If USC beats Utah, they're in. And that's it. But if either one of those teams loses, then it becomes it comes down to Ohio State, Alabama. And in my opinion, Ohio State has a stronger argument over Alabama. Ohio State has one loss. Their one loss will be to the committee's either one or two seed. Ohio State has two wins over top 25 teams in Penn State. And what is the other team, Carlton? The other team just looks my mind. State I beat. apologize. Michigan State, no. Who else? Who else you Michigan of? State. They beat another top 25 team. I apologize. I can't remember it. Alabama does have three wins against top 25 teams, but Alabama, in my opinion, has two losses. So I would put Ohio State over Alabama in that scenario. How about South Carolina? Their last two games, Tennessee and then Clemson. Fluke, or are they going to be something to be reckoned with? Oh, I think they're going to be something to be reckoned with. Their coach got them believing. 
mm-hmm. their coach got them believing. So, so but you know, the problem Carlton's always going to be, you're only going to be able to recruit so many players to South Carolina. There's only so many people that are lining up to be a Gamecock. So unless you have a booster that's giving out a lot of money in NIL deals, you're always going to be kind of handicapped there. So credit to a coach Beamer for the job that he's done with his team in South Carolina, because it has been impressive, but you know, with Alabama, the other problem I have with Alabama is Tennessee has two losses. Tennessee beat Alabama. So why mm-hmm. not Tennessee? You, I don't feel that you could just penalize Tennessee just because Hernan's out. Tennessee did beat Alabama. So I, I, I do think if TCU or if one of TCU or USC loses, I think Ohio State would get in, in my opinion. But we'll see on Tuesday, Carlton. But to me, if TCU and USC both win, I think they're both in. It'll be Michigan, yeah. Georgia, yeah. TCU, USC. USC's quarterback is impressive. I, oh my I like, god! I like I like the moxie. Lincoln like Riley. Lincoln Riley's impressive too, man. They, this USC program went from being basically irrelevant to in him being the head coach in one year. Mm-hmm. They're talking. About, they're one win away from being in the college football playoff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, tell us how you feel about your Niners. Oh, I, I believed. I believe in my boys. Does that I, include Jimmy G? Jimmy G's playing the best I've ever seen him play. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's no complaints about Jimmy G. I thought Jimmy G hurt his knee in this game. I almost shed a tear. Thank God Jimmy G got back up. Oh, my God. But what I, what I believe in the most in my team is, is our defense. Yeah. If the other team can't score, you can't lose. So the 49ers in the last four games haven't given up one point in the second half, man. They just shut out New Orleans. It's a hard-hitting defense. It's a physical, fast defense. Yeah, you got you to gotta come with it if you're going to play us. We're going to come after your quarterback. So I believe, you know, if you ask me to give you a power ranking in the NFC, I would put the Eagles one. I would put us two. I would put the Cowboys three. Who would I put at four? Oh, I would put Minnesota at four, five. Ooh. Five, we got Giants, Redskins. Commanders. Commanders, Seattle. Oh, wow. At five, probably right now, man, because they're on a hot streak. I would agree with you. I'd put the commanders at five. I would put... I would put the Giants at six and Seattle at seven. Seattle's, uh, I think, lost two out of three now, so I'd put them at seven. Tampa, man. Woo! Thank, they're Brady. so lucky they play in the NFC South. Brady, Brady gave it all up for this, huh? You know, it might be too late for them, but Detroit is hot right now. They lost to the Bills, but they're playing some decent football. Not even, they're playing good football across the board. I mean, they're playing, it they might been, be too been late for them. Year, but like you said, it's too late. They only have four. It might be too late. No yeah. Way. Yeah. Your boy Aaron Rodgers, not looking good. And he had to leave the game yesterday, I heard. I, I didn't see it because 
you know, full disclosure, it was like this last week. I went into a football depression, the Gators, Florida State, the Giants, Cowboys, my Giants fall back to earth, Danny Dimes not looking so, looking less expensive these days. But, you know, I like where we're going. I like our coach. I like the energy. It's just, you know, the wheels on our machine hiccup too much. You know, if it's not, if, if Daniel Jones on there. point, yeah, if Daniel Jones on point, the receiver's dropping the ball, if the receiver's getting open, Jones missing the throw, you know, we get a stop on third down, but then somebody commit a penalty, you know, a lot of grab, a lot of, you know, pass interference, holding, not even a pass interference, a lot of holding penalties in the secondary that, you know, give additional chances to the offense, fumbling punts, you know, you know, a lot of mistakes, you know, margin too tight for the types of mistakes that we're making. You know, we play a complete game. We in it to win it. I have no doubts about that. But talent level doesn't leave room for, for any error. And that's just not realistic in the NFL. You're going you're gonna to muck up at some point. As that advantage of having a great quarterback. He increases your margin for error in the game. Mm-hmm. Danny mm-hmm. Dines can be a detriment to your margin of error. yeah 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 he's done a really great job of like masking Danny Dimes so he's played to his strengths with his ability to run but the problem is dog for teams like the Giants is they can't get behind in games because if they get behind in games they can't rely on their run anymore they need their quarterback to pass that's when it becomes dangerous all right you gave NFC power rankings who you got in the AFC the Chiefs are definitely the number Chiefs. one. Yeah. Yeah. The Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. The Chiefs are one. I would still put Buffalo at two. And I put uh, the Dolphins. I put the Dolphins at two. All right. You got the I Dolphins. Because you know, we the Dolphins, I haven't watched every minute of all of their games, but and I know their defense is the wink link in things. But and watching Buffalo, I you know, I'm seeing some holes. You know, uh, you know, is is not as well oiled of a machine as we thought it was coming into the season. How it appeared at the start of the season. So, you know, that lifestyle that Doss Allen live on the field catch up to you, and it might, you know, but you know, if if, if Dolphins two A, Buffalo two B, but I got the Dolphins ahead of the Bills. I think whoever gets home field advantage is critical in the AFC East, especially if they meet up in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I don't like Miami's chances if they have to go to Buffalo in December to get that W. So that's that's an interesting aspect of it. I'll take Buffalo right now, man. I still am a believer in more. I I believe so in Josh Allen than I am in Tua. Uh, So... We'll see, though. I got Miami at three. I agree with you. Miami's offense is so explosive. The thing with Miami Carlton that I agree with you on is because they're so fast on offense, they can beat anyone because they could literally just blow you off the field. Like, and on any given Sunday, this could happen to you. And it's just like, before you know it, it's it's 30 nothing. It's 35 to nothing. It's 35-7. Look what they did to Baltimore and that comeback. Like, they went from getting absolutely blown out to Tua has six touchdown passes out of nowhere. So they're a dangerous, dangerous team. Four in the AFC, I would put, I'd put the Titans. 
I think the Titans are going to be a tough out in the you playoffs. You know, when you once you get who we say Chiefs, Bills, and Dolphins, Dolphins, Bills. Once you go below them, I can't trust any of these teams. So I'm you going don't know. Titans. I'm going Go Titans four. I want to make Cincinnati. I actually, four. actually, I apologize. I apologize. I don't go Titans four. I go Bengals four. That's I, I go, want them to, but they, you know, they suspect Burrow with those turnovers. O line will get missing on you. But yeah, but they, I, they, I'm leaning to them at four. They they believe, and they're also the AFC defending champion. They just walked into Tennessee and beat Tennessee again. I picked Tennessee. I thought Tennessee had found their rhythm. And as and as excited as I am to see Miami against San Francisco, that's the other big game this weekend. Kansas City and the Bengals. Kansas City at Cincinnati. That's going to be – and there's a good chance that Jamar Chase is back. So I can't wait to see that game. That's going to be perfect. So I'll put Cincinnati at four. I'll put Tennessee at five. I'll put Baltimore at six. And for the seventh team, I would put I would put the Chargers. I would put the Chargers as the seventh team. Chargers, not the Jets. I'd have to see more from Mike White. That's fair. He did it Sunday. I mean, they went That's from couldn't point. get more than three points to what was it? What was the final? The Jets have the Jets defense. 31 to 10. You know, so the Jets defense is up there, Carlton. It's 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 championship caliber defense. The question All is, right. can they get the quarterback play they need? All right, before we take our break, any uh, NBA highlights you want to hop on? Yeah, I don't want to talk about the NBA until at least Christmas Day. Okay, that's fair. You know, I'm, I'm just not... happy. I'm just happy that the Lakers are seven and eleven. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that the Orlando Magic have the worst record in the league, so they have the chance to draft Victor Wanyamba. Yeah, that's all. well. You know, Mahit. They, you know, they average. So I, I'm, I'm, I like you. Not a lot of basketball watching. Watch them. Not a whole bunch of anybody else. Looking forward to Christmas Day. That kind of initiates the basketball season for me. I I usually after the All Star game is when I'm all in, but I do watch my Heat, and they got some good days. They got some not so good days. I keep waiting for Bam to to commit to turning that corner. Shown some improved play, I would say between his ability to score, his ability to play defense, his ability to help facilitate the offense. So if he can if he can reach his potential and allow, you know, Jimmy and and Tyler and some of those other guys to kind of support his game, we're a different team. Can't say where it takes us or doesn't take us cuz I think Boston is tough, man. I hate I don't even like saying it, but mm-hmm. Boston is Boston is real. Tatum and Brown, I, I don't like it, but it, you know, I got to call it how I see it. I mean, the other team so, that's ferocious in the East is Milwaukee. Yeah, but but they, yeah, no, I, I can't deny that. I think I got Boston beating Milwaukee in the series if it started today, but I don't know, uh, man. If Milwaukee's know, fully my healthy. My heat couldn't handle none of them. My heat if right Milwaukee's now couldn't handle none of them. fully healthy, 
I don't know, man. Milwaukee's got a great chance against Boston, even though, you know, I agree with you. I wouldn't be shocked if Boston beat him either, but I look at that series and they're like, who's the, who would be the best player in that series? And it's Giannis. And I, the, the, historically, yeah, but Tatum is starting to look like he got some of them other people in him, man. I start, Tatum, I'm starting what is Tatum to see. doing the finals last year? I, man? We both. know, we know. It's a long season. I'm not saying what is or Both. is it just yet. I'm just going by what I see. And Tatum looked like he's gone to another level with his game. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. All right, we'll take a break, break and be right back. Wherever we are, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, like if it's something to be like, subscribe if it's something to be subscribed to, and follow. That's um, how we grow our reach. It's how we grow our brand. Unsolicited genius. Welcome back to Unsolicited Genius. Are you entertained? So, Uncle Mo, what have you been watching since we last talked? I saw Black Panther 2, man. You know, no spoiler alerts or anything. I thought they did an excellent job with the movie. I'm looking forward to further, further, further irritations down the line. Are we not out of, is it spoiler? We still in the spoiler window? If we respecting game, how much? Is it two weeks or a month? I thought it was like... I don't know, man, because, you know, people might not have been able to get tickets because it's been sold out. So mm. I don't know. I don't mm. know. I don't want to be the one to ruin the shit for somebody. And then. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. I at least give them to get out the month because what was it? November 11th. So. All right. We could wait. We could wait. I can. I could respect it. The little beautiful bit of actual history he inter interweaved in at the end of the movie was beautiful touch man right. beautiful. i dig it i respect it so you know football wasn't as fun for me this weekend so when i i turned the tv off decided to tap into some old some classics one to settle the debate between me and the boo thing around what is and isn't a Christmas movie. Her entry was Gremlins. My entry was Die Hard. Suffice to say, both, both are very much Christmas movies, just with a different energy to it. Gremlins, you know, as a kid, it was cute. Well, let me say it different. As a cute kid, it was a movie to be watched. I ain't like them like them, but the movie's cute. I, I get it. I get the appeal. I get the 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 value that Gremlins has added to the culture. But that John McClane man, he's the every man's hero, my dude. He is every man's hero, and I get it. The 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 bare feet, <laughs> the 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 wife beater, the doing what he got to do to save the What the hell the does that have to do with Christmas? It just happened during Christmas. It just happened during Christmas. It was a holiday party. It's it's and they had Christmas music. Oh my god! It was a holiday party, and it popped off 
and throughout they played Christmas music. Well, it's a Christmas movie. My movie is Trading Places, but at least like Dan Aykroyd put on a Santa Claus suit. Like there was a Christmas. Oh, I don't think there was a Santa in Die. There was a Santa in Gremlins. I don't think there was a Santa in Die Hard. A lot of guns. Trading Places is better than Die Hard and it's better than Gremlins. Well, I'm glad you say that because the other discussion that came up as we were, you know, classic watching. Is there a movie or a list of movies? You know, we do top five, tops, whatever. Are there five movies that generally speaking the whole family can watch that we say that's a that's a great movie let me tell you where it comes from watching something they said godfather was is one of the greatest movies ever made i too think so but i also know godfather ain't for the children and everybody don't vibe with that style of movie so i was trying to figure out is there a movie that most you know, of the household could vibe with, and generally speaking, everybody loved. And the only one I came up with was E.T. I mean, Avengers. All of them are a specific one. The series. I mean, most people like the Marvel movies and they can enjoy it with their families. There's multiple okay. Marvel movies that you can enjoy with your not, family. Not too much cheese, you know, because you got the sci-fi people that don't like that kind of stuff, but we're not going to factor that in. But I'm saying there's a majority of people that do enjoy those movies. Like That's not everyone. Fair. It's a lot of people. Ticket numbers would indicate that. Ticket numbers would indicate that. Touche. Touche. I'm with you. You're right. You're he's right. Okay. Movie. So everything's about preference, but... So E.T., Avengers... What else? You know, like Batman, like anything. But that was great, that, though. That was great, like a great movie, too. I mean, the Batman with the Joker. Which one? Heath, Heath yeah. Ledger is an all-time yeah, yeah, yeah. great movie. All-time yeah. great movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a little dark. I feel you. That's a little dark with that. I feel you. Oh, that movie can be used as a teaching tool. Oh, it can? Wow. <laughs> oh. Come oh on, man, teacher, that, teacher there's a something. great there's a great lesson in that movie, man. Like when when he's trying to figure out, right, what what drives the Joker, his motives. Mm -hmm. And he looks at Alfred and he goes, All criminals are simple. You just gotta figure out what motivates them. And Alfred looks at him and goes, Some men aren't motivated by money or by anything. They just want to see the world burn. And there are people <laughs> like that, Carlton. And that's the life lesson of that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. And, All right, and, so, and these people are running for positions in, in, in government. <laughs> Those are the people that want to see the world first. Another movie, great movie that was added to the list, but isn't universal, I don't think, was Silence of the Lambs. You can't show that to your kid. You can't show they they, they showed it to us in school. I wish I could remember what grade so I could pinpoint out the teacher, but I did see Silence of the Lambs in schools. You know, the day you ain't had nothing to do. Um, I did see it in school. Out. I don't know what class it was. Anthony Hopkins was, was excellent in, in that movie, man. Buffalo Bill was excellent. 
He made me a believer. He still gives me the chills. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Chills, exactly. Even thinking about it. Exactly. Yeah. That was that. You know, it's not something I could. I, I may never watch it again. If I'm being honest, it's just yeah, like dog. Like when, when when I'm flipping through the channels and it's just on the TV, it's like, oh, let me Hello, change. Claddies. Oh. Hello, Claddies. <laughs> no. Oh. I don't want it. I don't want it. I see I've it seen it TV. a bunch of times, but at this stage of the game, I'm straight. I want to change the channel to like the Care Bears or something. <laughs> something where I feel like I'm safe. Oh, that was the other one. The Lion King. I thought the Lion King in terms the of... The Lion King, Aladdin, yeah. all of those. Nah, things. Aladdin was a little lame. What? Aladdin was a little lame. Oh my God. You're wilding out. Aladdin was a little lame. Oh, I'm a little God. mermaid. I'm a little mermaid. I'm Aladdin mermaid. was lame, but then you're like, I'm a little mermaid guy. I love Little Mermaid. Oh, I wouldn't even like I would have just went kept to, that. I no, kept I love Little Mermaid. With a Sebastian. I would have kept it to myself. Producer said cars. Cars was good. Cars oh, was good. I mean, I've seen cars a million cars times. Cars is good. My son loves cars. Cars is good. And the Incredibles. The Credibles was good. It was. It was. Incredibles is good. Our producer Nitty with the Incredibles is absolutely right. Yeah. What else is a good? What else is another good like family movie that's funny? That everyone could be entertained. Dog. What are the Home Alone? Home Alone. Maybe. Maybe. What do you mean, maybe? maybe. Home Alone is a classic. Maybe. I give it to you. I can give you that. Major everybody not major, everybody not gonna like major pain. I, I love, love major, major pain. pain. <laughs> there will be no hate of major pain on this show. I love major pain. Major pain. Love major pain. Yes. I don't know if everybody love it, but I love me some major pain. Man, some of your oh, brothers man. love the movie Soul Plane. I think the movie Soul Plane is not garbage. Really. It started, you know, to see Kevin Hart where he is. You know, it's it's definitely you talk about change. We got Jerry Jones, we got Kevin Hart, because he was in Soul Plane. I, I didn't understand it. I think that was the first movie where I was like, they put this in the theater. Like, I didn't understand. <laughs> I didn't understand. Carlton didn't understand how it didn't go straight to audio. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you helped me out. I feel a little better, because I my list was short. There are movies, I think, you know, the superhero theme, although not for everybody, captures a lot of people ticket sales show that but yeah good good call out producer incredibles and that that cars that was my that was my jam all right all right so what you've been listening to what have i been man i won't even lie to you man i've been listening to nothing but fantasy football podcasts trying to get some of my teams into these playoffs it's tough uh, it's tough. Yep, it's it's getting serious, Carlton. It's getting serious. Carlton so what? Oh, go ahead. Say what you say. Carlton, for those of you that don't know, is in a battle on this Monday night, and somehow Pittsburgh's kicker is absolutely crushing Matt Ryan. <laughs> Full disclosure. Uh, let's let's be clear. I drafted Matt Stafford. He's having a horrible season. I benched him during my savvy, as a savvy general manner that I am. I was able to attain Chicago's quarterback. 
And he was thank you savvy. to Uncle I, Mo. I dropped the uh, quarterback. I blew it, America. I blew it. Due to my savvy management of my team, I was able to get Justin Fields, who has been killing it till he get hurt. So now it's a scramble, 14-man league, Stafford bench and out, Fields out. What is an owner to do? And so Matty Ice, he had a he had a Mike Vick type run a couple weeks ago. So I thought he was giving us his old man resurgence. They had him projected to get 18 points. And through the first half, he has minus one. So I entered down by maybe five points, and I'm down by more than that now. Because so, the kicker has like, what, 16, 15? 15, 15. Ugh. So that'll be, this would be the second quad factor, the loser's quad factor. Gators lose, Giants lose, Cowboys win, and my fantasy team mm. lose. So mm. check on your boy. Check on your boy. Mm, mm, mm. All right. So you say you listening to the fantasy football. What what they say? You know what? The, what do they give you that you don't already got? It's not that man. It's just like more just for the entertainment part of it. It's not anything okay. like in terms of funny to me and advice. No, just like you know, man. It's just when you when you play fantasy football and you have a player and. I guess only fantasy football players would understand this and, and he doesn't come through for you. It just feels, it feels, it feels good to hear someone else sympathize with you <laughs> and be pissed off that he didn't come through for him either. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's more like a, a group therapy kind of session thing. Okay. I dig it. You know, I do have to say I'm proud of my team besides Stafford. Uh, A.J. Brown, Christian Kirk, D.K. Metcalf, Josh Jacobs is who kept us in the, he kept us in it. He kept us in it with a, with a walk-off, what was it, 80, 80 something? How many yards? 86 yard walk-off. Walk-off, 86 yard touchdown run. Like, who don't want that as, who don't appreciate that as a fantasy owner? But, you know, and I can't say that my quarterback play contribute to all of it you know we got a competitive league so you know kudos shout out to the producer shout out to you know our opponents you know i did beat you earlier in the season so you know i appreciate that but I'm, I'm, my know, team is just season. fighting in stride oh <laughs> dog you're it's real it's a real thing it's a real thing i was two and five it's a real now, thing. now i'm six and five I went from two and five to six. Yeah, no, it's a real thing, and you and you, you it's finding its stride at the right time. Playoffs. Our producer, our producer is actually the champion of our league, but yeah. our producers had some tough luck this year. Not this year. No, you not worry about that this year. No, no, no. He could he could be at home and enjoy just enjoy watching the games. You know, but he doesn't have to worry about finishing in last I place because. I'm not gonna right, name any so names, but Kid K. What have you been? Oh, we talk about listening to. So for me, I've been listening to. Well, not been listening to, but Thanksgiving, we we went in on the old school R&B man. I found my vocal cords. They had been missing for a while, but you know, we pulled out the Jodeci, the Carl Thomas, some Can You Stand the Rain, 
uh, went down total escape. Babyface did a lot of babyface, realized that he might be the true king in the game with his contributions. Some Tony, Tony, Tony. You know, we had, I don't know, hours, man, of just, you know, singing to some old school R&B. So that, that felt good. My vocal cords were thankful, appreciative of the exercise. Your guests weren't, but... Nah, you know, it is what it be. You know, I, ain't no, just... <laughs> I ain't doing it to sound good. I'm just doing it. We having fun, you know? You got to sing like... No I sing background. I, I do background okay. Once I can find where I'm supposed to be. I, I, mean, I do I can't good in the choir. All, but like, you know, when I'm mm -hmm. in the shower by myself, you know, I'm killing it in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's all... It's, if you like it, I love it. Right. Yeah, I said that right. Yeah. All right. So what you've been reading? I've been reading about the American Revolution, man, because that's what I'm about to teach to my students. So any like, highlights you want to share? Just the causes, you know, you know what I love about the American Revolution when you really study it? It's a country that that was completely built out of protest. They didn't like the taxes, so they protested. Right. They taxed the tea. They had the Boston Tea Party. The Boston Massacre was a protest. They didn't like mercantilism, you know, taxes, mercantilism, the French and Indian War, uh, the Proclamation of 1763. All of these things contributed to their angst towards, you know, the king, because they felt like the king was keeping them from making money. He was stifling them. He was choking them. He was, he was, he was, he was a greedy king, and which he was, which he was, and. They protested until they eventually got the gumption to fight for their freedom, for their independence, which they eventually won to their credit. And, but, you know, the minute they got that freedom from the king, because he, the king was keeping them from making money, right, Carlton? And that was one of the things that really drove them crazy. The minute they got their freedom, they were so quick to put people in a position where they couldn't make money, where they were the labor and they had no freedom. So- Can you quantify the turnaround time? What uh, are the data? I mean- It's okay if no, I'm just curious, like the American Revolution, Viva slavery was, La slavery was already in the colonies before America became a country. So okay. a guy like Washington already had hundreds of slaves before- As he was, he was fighting for independence. Okay. Yeah, before he okay. was ever president of the United States of America. Like slavery was already prominent in the colony, like South Carolina, for example, slavery was already booming, like Mississippi, okay. Georgia would eventually have it. So, you know, the country, the foundation of the country was hypocrisy to this day. We still have hypocrisy because, you know, they, people, people always love to tell you about the American Revolution in 1776. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when people were protesting for George Floyd, people were talking about those protesters were thugs and they weren't fighting for the right cause. And how dare they protest and do this and blah, blah, blah. And my point here, Carlton, is simple. It's that patriotism is not waving an American flag outside of your door. It's not chanting USA. It's not standing up for the national anthem or knowing the Pledge of Allegiance. Patriotism is when you see something that's wrong in this country, you speak on it. The real patriots of this country are like Malcolm X. 
Martin Luther King Jr., Huey P. Newton, and countless others. And forgive me for just naming just a few, but that's true patriotism because that's what the country was based on, protest. They saw something wrong, so they fought to get their freedom, to get equality, to, to earn the right to make a fair living. But of course, the minute they got that freedom, they were quick to enslave another people so they can gain wealth through through their through Im impoverishing them. That's all. That was powerful, brother Mo. That was powerful. All right. Well, your students are fortunate to have you. I'll say that. And DeSantis can't stop you. So keep keep doing what you do. I was gonna say my governor might not feel the same way. Hey, you keep hey, <laughs> till they knocking on your door, just keep doing what you do. My addition for what I've read or what I've been reading. There's one that I read at least once a year, depending on what's popping, maybe more, because it's a quick read. Again, I do the audible, so quick listen. But it's The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Don't know that I've talked about it at all on the show before, but it is one of those that level sets me. It's not a spoiler. It's on the net. Go get the book if you haven't. But The Four Agreements to Be Impeccable with Your Word, which for me is 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 so important because not just what I say, but how I say what I say also matters because he he likens words to being magical, which could be done to build people up, build things up, or could be as 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 devastating as any nuclear weapon, a la the Jewish experience with Hitler. The next agreement is do thing, don't take things personally just because because somebody says something to you around you. Most times, nine times out of 10, it ain't about you. It's about where they aren't in their life. Even if it's the most hateful thing, they don't know you as the child that your parents gave birth to, that your mother gave birth to rather. They don't know your true nature. They may think they do. They may think it's reflected in what you do, what you say, how your skin look, but they don't know you. So even if they say it to you, it ain't about you. It's about them. Don't make assumptions, you know, the flip side of not taking it personally. Don't assume you know a person. Don't assume you know what their experience is because oftentimes we don't know. So it's good. We, we benefit from asking questions. We benefit from being inquisitive and exploring. And then the last one is do your best because in those other three things, you're going to muck it up. You're going to take it personally. You're going to make an assumption. You're going to say something that isn't the best version of what you could offer. That being said, don't beat yourself up too bad. Love yourself, realize you're human and get back on the bike and keep going. So be impeccable with your word. Don't take things personally. Don't make assumptions and do your best. And on that, we'll be right back to close the show out. Welcome back to Unsolicited Genius Housekeeping before we send you on your way. First and foremost, wherever we are, like right now on YouTube, be sure to subscribe so that you can get all the updates, get all of the alerts when we go live. 
when we push out some of our other content share so if you know somebody who might like what we're doing vibe with what we articulating go ahead and share the show with them instagram facebook what is it? twitter even tick follow share a special thank you to our sponsors legacy where your legacy wait awaits www.legacywhereus.com megacore cbd broad spectrum hemp derived cbd the way nature intended at www.megacorecbd.com and last but not least our rainwater hydrate and elevate www.aurarainwater.com you got anything for the people, Uncle Mo, before we get out of here? Love y'all, man. Please always be safe and just choose to be happy. Choose to be happy. There's going to be rough days. There'll be tough times, but you'll get through it. Lean on your family and your friends and just choose to be happy. All right. Appreciate that. So thoughts of genius. Topic today, power of an attitude of gratitude. So we talked Thanksgiving, we're a few days after happy belated Thanksgiving to all our listeners. For me, I like to use Thanksgiving as an opportunity to reset my gratitude. Um, I try to be gracious, I try to be grateful, I try to be thankful throughout the days, weeks, months, but the ebb and flow of my life, I don't always do as well as I could. But Thanksgiving is always a good time, good food, good people. This year, great music, terrible outcome to a football game, but I digress. And so it gives me a chance to, you know, remind myself all the blessings that exist in my space, in my places, personally, professionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, all the things. And this year, what really bubbled up is that gratitude is a superpower. I liken it to empathy. I liken it to awareness. Check me out at carltoninnis.com for my coaching stuff if you want to learn more about that. But for me, you should definitely gratitude, gratitude shifts every move. As Mo talked about, choose to be happy. If you're not in a great place, but you decide to stop and look around your place and see that the fact that you have hot water, the fact that you have potable water, the fact that you have clean water is something to be grateful for. The fact that you have a roof over your head, it may not be the ideal roof, it may not be the roof that you want, it may not be as many square feet as you think it should be covering, but you got a roof. That's something to be grateful for. If you had a Thanksgiving meal with somebody, that's something to be thankful for. If your vocal cords work for you to sing at the top of your, your, your lungs and, and express yourself to some old school R&B, that's something to be thankful for. And so gratitude improves your mood. Gratitude improves the energy and the mood in the room and the space around you. It's a power. And it's one that doesn't require a coach, doesn't require a therapist, doesn't require a copay. You use it and you feel better. So one of the techniques that I use to help me on my gratitude journey is 
whenever I hit a wall, hit a frustration point, where there's a person, place, a thing, I write down 10 things that I'm grateful for related to said person. Use Uncle Mo, for example. I'm grateful for Uncle Mo's sports knowledge. I'm grateful for Uncle Mo's humor. I'm grateful Kamaria said yes, because <laughs> I didn't want that responsibility. I'm grateful he has a beautiful son, a Johnny. He interrupts the show sometimes, but I'm grateful he's around <laughs> that he can't interrupt the show. I'm grateful Mo got a house that I could kick it in when I'm in Atlanta this weekend. I'm grateful for our time in Lakeland. I'm grateful for him as a frat brother. And I don't know what number I'm on, but when he get on my nerves, you know my list. Mm -hmm. You got a bad boss. Find 10 qualities. They may not ever get applied to you, but if you want a better way to get through your workday, find 10 things. Your money ain't right. Find 10 things that your money has done for you today. If your lights on, it did that. If your water running, it did that. If your car moving, you did that. You're not rich. You're not a millionaire. You're not where you want to be, but there's something to be grateful for. And if you say, Carlton, the hell with what you're talking about, I ain't grateful for this, grateful for that. If you have the thought to say that in your head to me, be grateful for your brain. Say, thank you, heart, for being. Mm -hmm. Thank you, respiratory system, for allowing the oxygen to serve me. Thank you, eyes, for allowing me the chance to see Uncle Mo and Carlton kick it today. Thank you for the ears that allow me to hit listen to the Unsolicited Genius podcast because I learned something today. Always something. Whoever you are, wherever you are, there's something to be grateful for. So whether you do a list of 10 of gratitude challenge or just pick a month that you're going to say thankful and kiss everybody on their forehead, whatever that is, it's available to you. And whenever you're down, you always have it accessible to you to elevate where you are. And if you got other people with you, find things that help them find their gratitudes. And again, worst case, if you have nothing, what we all can do is say, thank you, gravity, for allowing us to be here. Thank you, earth, for containing our experience. And thank you, sun, for shining your light upon us. This has been another episode of Unsolicited Genius. Thank you all for joining us. We'll check you next time.